I always tell people that do a service specifically or really sell a product, whatever. What do people need before or after they work with you? Because you can fill those holes, whether it's by sending them somewhere else and then you get a cut of that as an affiliate or whether it's by creating that. I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. In business, one thing we don't wanna be doing is leaving money on the table. And when we're investing time and resources and effort into creating video for a business, it's important to have a plan for maximizing the return on that investment. Now, I believe that the tactics we're gonna talk about in today's episode are seriously underutilized by businesses doing video. And I've no doubt that there's easy money to be made in ways you probably haven't yet considered. This is episode 175 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm excited you've decided to join us. See, in this episode, we're going to be exploring the idea of monetizing your video strategy, diversifying your income, and what it looks like to build passive income streams off the back of your video content. My guest today has built her business over the last four years doing exactly that, and I'm stoked to dive into this idea deeper for you in this episode. So my guest is Jessica Stansbury. Jessica helps passionate ladies create and grow rockin' online businesses that make money while they sleep so that they can work a little less and live a little more. She shares her advice on her weekly podcast, Passive Income Playbook, on her YouTube channel and her blog, and she shows up every day on Instagram to make sure these women feel like they're not alone. The fact is, my friend, if you're doing any sort of video for your business, there is likely to be some ways to move towards additional revenue streams and potentially passive income as your audience grows. So you want to be taking some notes as we dive in now to my interview with the wonderful Jessica Stansbury. Hey, Jessica, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I had to say that, hey, Jessica, because that's your website, heyjessica.com, right? Normally I'd say day or something like that, but hey, Jessica <laughs> from heyjessica.com. That's right. Yeah. It is Jessica um, Stansbury, however, probably you. introduce you properly. What were you going to say? Is <laughs> thank there, you. This is a, a loose start, but that's cool. So what were you going to say? That's okay. No, I was just going to say that like the DMs and emails we get that start with, hey, Jessica, and then in parentheses, people are like, I just had to do that. <laughs> it's well, it's a lot. And I'm like, I get it. But that's exactly what my business name is, hey, Jessica, because people would be like, hey, Jessica, how do you do this thing? Hey, Jessica, how do you do that thing? And it evolved from there. Okay, cool. Well, hey, Jessica, tell us a bit about what you do and who you are for people that haven't come across you before. Yeah. So I'm Jessica Sansbury and I am a marketing and content creation 
strategist, essentially. Um, so I create a lot of content around those two areas. Um, my main goal is to teach as much free as I possibly can while also being paid for that. You know what I mean? Like that's weird, but also like that's my goal. Um, so I'm a YouTuber and I have a podcast, um, called passive income playbook and I speak on non COVID years most of the time. Um, but other than that, I just kind of create content and help content creators and entrepreneurs market themselves better. Awesome. Cool. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Like what role has, you you know, we mentioned you're a YouTuber, but what role has video played in your business journey over the last number of years? Oh my gosh. This is a good question. It's like video as a whole and not just YouTube because so essentially I started my business when my oldest son was born and I hated my corporate job. And I was like, I am not sending this kid to a babysitter or a daycare and not being like, and being miserable at work, you know? So I came home, we were broke. I couldn't like, I had a a freelance graphic design and web design business is essentially what I was at the beginning. And about four years in, it was there were more and more talks. I had another kid in that time and there were more and more talks from my husband and I, or my husband more than me saying like, when you go back to work and those words just like, you know, like sucker punch me in the stomach. I was like, okay, no, I got to figure this out. And so that was about the time I started getting really visible on the internet. And do you remember Periscope? Yeah, I do. Had fun with it. Well, back in the day would have been 2015. 2016, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Periscope was a, for those of you listening that don't know, it was like a live video platform. It was before Facebook had live video and um, because Facebook live video killed Periscope (laughs) essentially. Um, But I started building an audience pretty steadily there and just showing up live every single day in the car line to pick up my oldest from kindergarten. So I would just kind of like show up and talk about business strategy and marketing. And I started building an audience and sending them other places too, right? So sending them to Facebook or at the time, Instagram wasn't as big as it is now. And I wasn't even on YouTube yet. So um, that was kind of like my, you know, my first step into using video to grow my brand and it worked massively. And then it continued from there. I did Facebook live and I've always done live video and been on video. And then YouTube kind of entered the scene, which helped a ton too. (laughs) Yeah. So how strategic were you in the beginning there or were you just experimenting or playing or did you have specific goals that you're trying to achieve for your business using video? Yeah. Yeah. So at first I think I was experimenting and playing because with any new platform, you don't really know what you're doing. Like, at all. You know, have you heard of Clubhouse that's out now? Yeah. I've spent too many hours just mucking around with it and just, just this week. Yeah. 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 So Clubhouse is like, it's the same thing as Periscope just with live audio. And so it's, um, although I don't think Periscope had the ability to pull people on anyway, that doesn't matter. But anytime there's like a new platform, you just said you spent hours like, you know, just kind of playing around in there and I've done the same thing. And so at first Periscope was definitely like, I'm just going to play in here, you know? And then like as a business owner, I was like, I can show up and do this. Cause you know, what else do I have to do? I'm sitting in the car line waiting on my kid to get done with school. And then though it became strategic, right? Like once I realized the power in it and the power in the fact that these people were going to then follow me somewhere else and, or get on my email list, 
which is important for business growth, right? Um, I realized the power behind it. So then it kind of merged into strategy. And ever since those beginning Periscope days, every piece of video I do had the strategy behind it. Yeah, awesome. Cool. Love it. So you've talked there about how your video content and showing up for people and making them aware of who you are and what you do and how you can help them moved people to take actions that lead to business, right? Getting on your email Mm -hmm. list or just reaching out to see how you can help them. But, and I encourage people to go to Jessica's YouTube channel and and check out some of her videos, particularly the income report videos, which you've started releasing, which is interesting. Um, What that tells me is is where I want to dive into today is that Mm -hmm. your video content is actually monetizing your business in a bunch of other ways as well, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, the traditional ways that you can help people. And that's what I want to dive into today. So, you know, I think when most people think about monetizing their video strategy, they're thinking about ad revenue. They're thinking about, Mm -hmm. you know, AdSense on YouTube, that sort of thing. So first of all, what's the reality of that? Like, I know that is a way to monetize your video strategy, but can you, can you give some numbers or paint a picture of someone who's doing that? Like what that actually looks like? Yeah. So I have a hundred thousand, 101, almost 102,000 subscribers. Congratulations Um, on that. And thank you. I just got my play button. You see it back there? I can see it. Yep. Big silver play button. Sweet. Um, (laughs) But I have that many subscribers and I make somewhere between 32 and 4,000, so $3,200 and $4,000 American dollars, um, per month from ad revenue. And now that's not shabby. And I talk about that in my income reports because my corporate job here, when I quit, I have a bachelor's degree and I, you know, went straight into corporate and, you know, expected to make big money at 21 and you know, whatever that that's not true, but, (laughs) but I make more for my YouTube channel now just from ads revenue than I did in a year from my corporate job. So, so the money is not like, a little bit of money, right? But I have a hundred and some thousand subscribers. So it took forever to get to that point. Um, Even as far as, you know, just a year ago, I remember a year ago, I was making maybe a thousand dollars a month from YouTube. So between like one thousand and like $1,500 a month. So that's not going to pay the bills. I mean, it's just not, you know, and I have been on YouTube for four years. So if I, if I leaned into that and that was my only stream of income, I wouldn't have went anywhere, you know, that's not a business. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. And I think that's the difference. And I mentioned this, um, in a talk recently, but that's the difference in people who are really successful with video, whether it's YouTube or whatever. I have never just considered myself a content creator. I'm a business owner first and the content feeds my business, you know? So I'm, I'm never just like, I'm just a YouTuber and not that that's like a bad thing to be, but that's just never been my strategy, you know? And I'm a content creator who like uses my content to grow my business. And so then I sell courses. I send people down affiliate links. I do, um, you know, partnerships and sponsorships and things like that. Um, I sell digital products. I've done services. So all of the content I create, not only does it make me money, but like just from the content itself and from the ads, but it also drives people into my business to possibly buy a course or whatever from me down the road. Yeah. So 
you know, I think that's that's awesome to paint that picture of the reality of, you know, the number of subscribers and, and yeah. what that actually means. Because I think people have a bit of a misguided view of, you know, get to that holy grail of a thousand subscribers, 4,000 hours of watch time, and I can monetize my YouTube channel and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the money no. will start rolling in, right? But it, clearly that's that's not the case. So I want to yeah. unpack some of these other sources of revenue that that you, you get from your video strategy. So you mentioned mm-hmm. um, you sell courses, uh, you lead people into affiliate links. Can you just kind of break some of those down for us? Yeah. So I have... I started my business as an infopreneur, like started my business as a content creator, as a course creator. So when I started on YouTube, I was already selling courses. So that has always been like the first thing for me. Um, Last year, like this year and part of last year, I kind of took a break and took all my courses down and updated them all and um, whatever. But normally I have courses running on autopilot all the time. So if somebody finds an old video of mine from two years ago, go. If I still have that course open, obviously, because they get outdated, right? But if I still have that course open, they're going to be able to hopefully find that course that I pointed them to in that video from two years ago, you know? So, um, so yeah, I sell courses. I just had a launch for a new course on Black Friday. Um, And for the most part, for me, I focus really heavily on strategic courses and very, very action and result-based courses. Um, so I have a YouTube course, I have an Instagram course now, um, things that are going to get people results and are going to contribute to their bottom line. Cause my audience is all business owners. And so they're like, I want to do Instagram or I want to do YouTube or I want to do a podcast or whatever, but it needs to make me money, you know? <laughs> and so, so I sell courses and that's probably my, my biggest stream of income. Um, and then as far as affiliates go, that is both intentional. Well, it's always intentional, but it's both passive and active for me. So again, I will put video or links up on videos, you know, and and never make a click on them for the first six months. And then somebody buys a big camera, you know, from one of my links or whatever, and I make a few hundred dollars or, you know, it builds over time. Um, I mean, there's just so many different ways that I use this. And like Black Friday, I, I would not only was launching my own course, but I was launching a course that my whole audience wasn't interested in. Like my whole audience doesn't want to know about Instagram. So I was like, you know what? to better aid them on Black Friday, but also to kind of, you know, supplement the people who don't want to buy my course. I'm also going to share video equipment and things that the other half of my audience is following me for. So I shared a lot of affiliate links actively that day. Um, but I make a lot of my affiliate income passively. Um, I have to tell this story because it's, it's one of the things that like, it's always, it's just mind blowing to me still. <laughs> so, um, convert kit. Have you heard of convert kit? Yeah. Yeah. I use convert. Yeah. Awesome. I love convert kit. Um, and the, the company and they're all great. Right. Well, when I first started using them, I had just started my first podcast and I co-hosted that podcast and we started it in 2015. And so this would have been like early 2016. And we were like, we, we both love convert kit let's reach out and see if they'll sponsor the podcast. You know, they were, they were pretty new even at that point. So they were like, you know what, we're not doing sponsorships, but we are just rolling out a podcast affiliate program. And so you get, you know, like 20 or 30% of each sign up, blah, blah, blah. 
And so we were like, okay, well, we'll do that. Cause we were pretty small, you know, and we were, we were small the whole time we were, we had that podcast. We never broke. I think our, our biggest month, we hit 10,000 downloads that month, but never broke past that. Like it was, it was a pretty small podcast the whole time for three years. We ran this podcast and it has been shut down for two years. And because it's recurring affiliate revenue, it is still a five figure income stream. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like per year. As long as like, people stay on kit. Yep. They keep paying yes. you. Mm. Yeah. And so two years later, I'm still making, like we split the income still from my co-host, but from a podcast, I don't even host anymore. <laughs> still making almost a thousand dollars a month. That's insane. You know? And so there's so much power in, these like passive sources that continuously can grow from all your content you're putting out or all your, you know, stuff you're putting out on the internet. I mean, I have, I have affiliate links that people click through from Instagram on a highlight bubble that I saved a year ago, you know? So it doesn't, it doesn't always have to be active. And right now it just, it just builds on top of each other. It's like a buildable castle. So you, castle? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. We'll <laughs> go with that. You've, you've, you've dropped that uh, elusive P word, passive, passive income, mm-hmm. which, you know, that example of the recurring affiliate income from content created years ago, um, yeah. it probably is about as passive as it comes, right? Um, but yeah. I think people kind of dream of this idea of, you know, creating passive income, sitting on a beach and waiting for the money to roll in each, each and every month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what's the reality of, of creating passive income from your, from your video strategy? Um, you know, is it possible to actively strategize towards that? And is it something you can switch on or, it, you know, you've mentioned the long game there as well. So what, what are oh, your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, it's definitely a long game. I always say passive income isn't actually passive. Like it, there's no, I'd say affiliates is probably the, the most passive piece of income you can get because you're not actually having to do anything after the deliver or really before. Right. So there's always, there's always work before or after the deliverable. Right. So with a course, it's like some people will create the course before they sell it. And so there's work before some people create it after they sell it, there's work after. So passive income is never passive, like ever. Um, but as far as like, the, it's definitely a long game. It's definitely a marathon, not a sprint. And what I always like to say is you're putting out the content now that will pay you in two years. Like you're not, yes, you can get to that beach lifestyle and that like, I'm just rolling in the dough, you know, because of passive streams, but that's down the road. Like you've got to build it first, you know, and we can't expect we can't expect a house to sit solidly on ground. We didn't build a foundation on. Right. And, and that's exactly what passive income is. So you've got to do the work now to be able to enjoy that in the future. And, 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 and nothing is, you know, guaranteed. So I think a lot of times it's like, well, sure, you can get to that point, but like, you may hate it. You may, you may love to work. You may want to do these things. You may have the rug ripped out from underneath you. I always tell people don't build your house on someone else's land because like YouTube could turn around tomorrow and be like, Hey, we're not paying creators anymore. They could, there's nothing that says they can't, you know? And so we always, we want to build today what we want later. And you may not even see the fruits of it today. And maybe that it, you're literally just planting the seed and waiting 
however long for the tree to grow, right? Like I live in the, um, the Christmas tree capital of the U S that's a thing Maybe of the world. That's a thing. Um, I have more cows than people in my town and way more Christmas trees <laughs> than people. And so like, yeah, like the, the tree at the white house comes from my County almost every year. Um, almost everybody here grows Christmas trees. We did for a while and we got out of it. It's just, it, it's a crazy market to be in. Um, but my point here is it takes seven years. Once a tree is planted in the ground, a Christmas tree, it takes seven years for it to get too big enough to even go in your house, you know? And so you have to know now that you're planting those seeds and then in, you know, five, 10, 15 to whatever years, you're going to reap the benefits from that. Yeah. Love that. Great analogy. And, um, yeah, a bit of a reality check for some people as well. Yeah. <laughs> but see courses, courses, you can make money now, right? Yeah. Like you can launch a course and you can make money now, but, but you're going to have to keep doing it or you're going to have to do it to the point where you set it on autopilot, which is what most people want to get to, you know? So for me, I will launch a course and I will launch a course and I will launch a course. And once I know that it's really good, then I will put it in an evergreen format and I will run like ads to it or run my content to it or run funnels or like whatever I want to do for that particular course so that it can be passive. But the first year of that, it never was. I was, I was launching every single time it made money, you know? Yeah. I think that's a really good point to focus on diversification as well. When you're thinking about mm -hmm. any, any sort of business, whether it be a business based on content creation or otherwise, I want to dive into with you now, like for someone who's excited by this possibility or, or is listening and is thinking, you know, maybe I should take some action towards planting that seed and growing that tree so that I can, you know, sow the, no, reap the benefits later, right? Reap. Um, reap, not go. sow. Sow is <laughs> what happens first, reaps later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screwing up the analogy, but you know. Uh, so, okay. okay. For someone thinking they want to get started on this, where do you suggest that they start? Like, where's, where's the f first steps on this journey? Yeah, really with any passive income source, anything we would classify in that passive income, like bubble, you have to have an audience to do it. Like yeah. almost every one of them, right? Like you could sell one course if you want to, but you're not going to make that much money. And if like one person clicks through your link to buy a camera, cool, you made 20 bucks, but you like to make it a sustainable lifestyle and a sustainable income source, you need people constantly feeding into it. Right. So I would say like the biggest thing is to start building an audience. It's not really to start creating these things. And now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, go ahead and sign up for Amazon affiliates and any other affiliate account you can get that you actually want to promote and go ahead and start putting it in your content now, even when you're like baby content creator, right? Because you may not make money now, but again, to the point of, you know, two years from now, that video in whatever format it is, or that podcast episode or that Instagram post or whatever could make you money consistently. Um, but you need an audience. So the first thing you need to do is to build one mm -hmm. and to do the things it takes to get eyeballs on you so that once they know you, like you and trust you, then they can be like, Hey, I definitely want to buy her course, his course, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And I think if your people are, are getting into this game purely for the potential affiliate income and, and this, 
you know, the passive in inverted commas um, income sources, they're probably going to find it really difficult. You know, I feel that they're probably yeah. not going to sustain the action they need to take to get to that critical mass of audience unless they luck into something, some crazy viral video or something. I don't know. But um, right. I think you need to be in it for for the content, for the audience you're serving first, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, it's funny. I, I used to look at my audience like a number and I'm not afraid to admit that. I, I tell people that all the time because it was a massive shift for me when I didn't do that anymore. Um, but I really did. It was like, Oh, I have a thousand people on YouTube or I have 2000 people in my Facebook group, or I have 2000 people on my email, like whatever. And I would look at them like numbers. I never, I never really looked at them like real people. And especially like in the beginning, that was the case for sure. And yes, I would make sales, but because I was looking at them that way, they felt that, you know? So, I mean, I had people, I have people all day, every day, literally on Instagram, especially because that's my main like social platform, but, um, they'll DM me and be like, Hey, I know you have an affiliate link to this and I'm going to buy it today. And I, you know, like I want you to get some credit for it. They wouldn't do that if I was thinking of them as a number. So there was a shift somewhere. Yeah. In building my audience where I was like, these are real people who need real help. And now that I look at them that way, I feel like everything is just easier. The, the, you know, the, steady, like the way we can keep the business steady, the income streams, it all just works better because there are real people behind the dollar signs. You know, there's real people behind the DMS on Instagram or the comments on YouTube. And those are the people who I have to think about, you know, I know what my superpowers are now, you know, and I know that me, like someone needs to hear it from me. They may have heard it 10,000 times, right. And they're not going to get it until I say it, or they're not going to take action on it until I say it, or somebody might not take action on it until you say it, right? Like everybody needs a specific person to kind of give them what they need, you know? And I know that now. And so I really focus heavily, like my main objective is to help my audience and the money comes like it'll be there. You know, the main objective now is to help my audience. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm I'm hundred percent aligned with that as well. And <laughs> yeah, I think that that also serves as inspiration for those people listening who think they haven't got what it takes or they haven't got, mm-hmm. you know, why, why me, you know, why should I build an audience? Why should people listen to me? So I, lo- yeah. I love what you just said there around the idea that people, people will want to hear it the way you want to say mm-hmm. it, you know, the, the way yeah. you want to show up for people, you will resonate with your audience. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think that's super valuable to kind of recognize I have a story here, but first I have to ask you, do I sound Southern to you or do I just sound American? Uh, I think there's, there's definitely, I can pick the Southernness, okay. but. Okay. Yeah. Cause I notice people who are not from the U S and, and have a different, you know, dialect, they sometimes don't pick up on my accent, you know, but in the U S I'm Southern yeah. <laughs> and I have a pretty distinct accent. And my story here is, um, when, one time when I, well, okay, let me back up the media has always portrayed the, the media. I say that, I mean like movies and TV shows and stuff, they portray Southern people as stupid. <laughs> um, almost always, there's always that like connotation there. And, um, you know, obviously there've been shows that have turned that around, but for the most part, that's what it is. And so growing up, we were always just kind of inundated with this, like you sound stupid kind of message, you know? Yeah. 
but also like, I can't fix my accent. Just like you can't fix yours, you know, like it's not a thing. And, um, I mean, I could try, I guess, but it wouldn't work out well. And my husband has like 12 times thicker accent than I do, which is really funny. But anyway, I was in college one time and I was in the, I was a advertising major, but I was in the communication department. And so that's where like PR and broadcasting and things like that all were. And I had one broadcasting class. I might've had two, but the first one I was in, he was like, now listen, cause we, I was in a college in like near where I live now. And so everybody was from, you know, at least the state. So we all had an accent and, um, he was like, listen, if you ever want to be successful talking with your voice, you cannot have these nasty accents. <laughs> Jeez. That's harsh. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, it, Oh yeah. It was so harsh, but also like, it just kind of made me mad. I was like, no, I mean, I'm not getting rid of my accent. I guess I'll just never be successful. That was kind of like what I, you know, thought. And, um, so fast forward to when I started my business and I had these web design clients and I wouldn't get on the phone with them when they were like wanting to hire me. I just, I would just be like, Oh, I have little kids. Let's communicate via email or whatever. And, but it wasn't my kids. It was the fact that I knew, or I thought I knew if they heard my accent, that they would think I was dumb and not qualified to build their website, you know, and even though I was, and, um, that carried me for a while until I heard a podcast and I heard a podcast with a Southern girl on it and she was the host and it was a really popular podcast at the time. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> like, I don't have to hide behind this. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And so that's when I started, I started a podcast. I started on Periscope. I started doing live video. I started YouTube not long thereafter. And do you know what the number one thing people say to me? The number one compliment, my accent, your accent. you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, you know, if I would have is going back to what you were saying, like, why me? And that was exactly, there were a lot of reasons. I literally just posted on Instagram about this today, but there were a lot of reasons where I was like, why me? Why am I qualified? Why, you know, why am I the person anybody's going to care about? You know, I don't have this cool life or I don't have this cool thing to show or this cool studio or like whatever. Right. And it's, it's always these like things that connect you with people that make them go, oh, that's it. That's who I needed to hear that from. Um, you and I both just spoke at VidFest and Chris Kremitzos and I were on the phone before and he was like, I don't know what it is about you, Jessica. And he was like, but you've spoken, I've spoken there three or four times. And he was like, you've spoken on stage at my conference, like two, three, four times, whatever. And he's like, literally the three people before you can get up and say something. And they all say the same thing. And you can get up and say the same thing. And when you do that, people remember it. And he's like, we'll get comment cards that are like, Jessica Stansberry said this thing. And he's like, I'll be reading them and think so did four other people. But like the, for whatever reason, I was the one who, you know, delivered that to them. And that's exactly it. There's probably that many more people who heard it from this person and didn't hear it from me, like even though I said it or whatever. So we all have these like weird quirks and quips and things and accents and stories and all of this stuff that connect us. I call them breadcrumbs that connect us to our audience. And that those connection points from you just being a regular human, you know, like not being some kind of fancy person or anything like that 
are what is going to cause people to want to consume content from you or buy from you or whatever. Yeah. No, I love that. Thank you for that. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've had this, a similar sort of experience myself, um, you know, just of putting yourself out there. And, you know, I think, I mean, I, I've, I've lent into my Australianness, you know, mm -hmm. and it, it, I, I get it coming back in, into my world that people say, yeah. you know, love your accent and, you know, and they, yeah. So I get that. I, I love that. Yeah. And I've just, I just broke my yeah. pen cause I was mucking around with it while I was talking. Oh my gosh. You're oh so excited. Gosh. You broke your pen. Okay. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I want to wrap up here shortly, but I want to go into one more question with you to just get your take on the idea of, because a lot of my audience here are, are business owners. They're, they're using video to grow their, I guess, lack of a better term, their actual real business, not necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yes, this idea of um, monetizing through passive income is, is great. I want to, I want to get some ideas from you as to how people who are, they're busy in their day-to-day -day business, you know, both marketing mm -hmm. it, serving their clients, doing whatever it is that they do, whether it be service-based or, or e-commerce or product, whatever. I think there's opportunity for them as they build an audience through their video strategy to also supplement what they're doing with some of these strategies we talked about today. Mm -hmm. what, what do you say to that? Like, is, is there a place for a, a business who is creating video content, not around a personal brand as such, but more around the business to inject Absolutely. some of these strategies in? So I live in a really small town. And, um, when I first started putting content on the internet, people thought I was crazy. <laughs> like they were like, I would hear the gossip, you know, like I would hear the, like, so-and-so said at work that like this happened or like Jessica's doing this weird thing. Like I, I was getting talked about all the time. And, but as I grew, as I grew, my authority grew. And as my authority grew, those same people were coming to me asking for advice. Right. Mm -hmm. And so even if I had no course, like, even if they'll never buy a course from me, if I did services, I don't, but if I did services that I just built the crap out of my authority, you know, they, I now am like the expert in that thing. And so they're the same people who thought I was crazy five minutes ago and now think I'm an expert. Right who are coming to me and being like, Hey, can you help me with this thing? And so as a business, as a corporation, first of all, millennials and any generation younger. So I'm an older millennial. I am 34, but I'm an older millennial. Um, any generation younger than millennials, we need to see faces behind companies. And so, yes, I'm a personal brand, but look how it worked for me in that situation. So if you can show up, it doesn't have to be the CEO of a company. It could be the employees behind the company. It could be, you know, a certain person who's like established as the face of the company or whatever, all you're doing is building authority. Mm -hmm. And then as you build authority, one, it's going to help your actual business. Actually, it's going to build that company. But two, like you said, I mean, incorporating little affiliate links here and there or creating a course when you see the need for it, because I think that will happen. Like, Oh, we're going to create content. Let's say we're a web design agency and we're going to create content for, um, let's say we design like boutique websites, right? Like people who sell clothes. So we're going to put content on the internet to help the people who sell clothes. So they're attracted to us. Right. And then once they're attracted to us, they could hire us. 
But then we realized that we have a lot of people who maybe can't afford us. So why not create a low budget course that could supplement that, right? Because the people who are still going to hire you are going to hire you. They're not, they don't want a course, you know? And so there's so much opportunity there, but the biggest thing is that it builds authority like no other, um, you know, video, we know this, but video builds authority and builds credibility quicker than anything else. Like you're hearing our voices right now, but if you were seeing our video, that's building it even more. Right. And if obviously if we can meet people in person, that builds it even quicker, but the, the only thing that builds it just as quick as video. And so showing up and building that authority is going to do nothing but help your business. And you can, you can kind of, you know, jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down, right? Like you yeah. can be like, well, we're going all in on this. We'll sell courses and do affiliates eventually, but right now we're doing content and I think that's okay. Yeah. And I think that's the way to look at it. You know, like the content yeah. should, um, should feed into your, your actual business and services first. Cause that's, that's the mm -hmm. quickest win, right? That's the quickest yeah. and obvious return on investment for what you're doing with video. But I think it's severely underutilized by so many businesses, the idea of looking for products and services and things that they would already kind of point people to or refer people mm -hmm. to. And there are often opportunities, very easy opportunities to sign up for affiliate programs for some of those, those services, particularly yeah. when it comes to digital services. And I totally. think so many people I mean, just like overlook that and it might not equal a lot of money. But it could. Oh, but it might too, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I I'm an affiliate for a website hosting company, and I mentioned them in one video. Like, I wish I could. I need to go back and find the video too because it obviously drives a lot of traffic. But I mentioned them in one video, and I make over a thousand dollars a month. Over a thousand dollars a month just from that one affiliate. And so, if you're a web design company, in my previous example, obviously people have to host their website. So, like, that is really easy income. You know, it's, it's really easy. And I always tell people that do a service specifically or really sell a product, whatever. What do people need before or after they work with you? Mm. Because you can fill those holes, yeah. whether it's by sending them somewhere else. And then you get a cut of that as an affiliate or whether it's by creating that. Right. So, you know, as a web designer, okay, people need to know what they want for their brand or whatever. And maybe you have like a, a starter pack, or maybe you get commission every time you send them over here to this web or this brand designer. So there's so much you can do there. And, and we're leaving so much money on the table if we leave those holes wide open. Yeah, definitely. hundred percent. Jessica, this has been super valuable and we've, we've covered a lot here as well today. So I do want to encourage people to head uh, and learn more from you. So where's the best mm -hmm. place for people to find you? You're across so many channels. Where would you like to point I people am. to? If you Google me, you'll find me. But <laughs> um, honestly, if you go to my website, which is just heyjessica.com, you're going to find all the links you need. My main social platform is Instagram, which is just my name, Jessica Stansberry. And obviously I'm on YouTube and it's also just my name, Jessica Stansberry. Love it. We'll have the links in the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 175. Jessica Stansbury, <laughs> thanks for joining me. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. Well, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that chat as much as I did. Super inspiring. And I loved the actionable tips and motivation that Jessica shared. So what about you? 
What did you take away from today's show? I'd love for you to let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, slide into my DMs at engage underscore Ben. I'd love to chat with you there. And if you enjoyed today's show, I'd seriously appreciate a rating and a review of the show. Oh, actually, and I've got a brand new way for you to do this, and it's super easy too. I want you to check it out over at engagevideomarketing.com slash review. Go on, go there, check it out, see how easy it is to leave a rating and a review for the show. And I'd also love for you to let me know how it works for you as well as I'm testing out this new system. So go to engagevideomarketing.com slash review and follow the prompts. And we're nearing the end of the year here. Things are certainly starting to look a lot like Christmas around our house. So wherever you are, I hope you're enjoying this holiday season and I'll be back with you next week for another episode as we round out the year with the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'll talk to you then.